We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Go episode 713 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, December 5th, 2023, the day after quite the game on Monday Night Football, a 34-31 Cincinnati Bengals overtime victory at the Jacksonville Jaguars, who lost quarterback Trevor Lawrence to an ankle injury. The Bengals starting quarterback, Jake Browning. Uh, what a performance by this guy, 32-37 for 354 yards, a touchdown and no interceptions, and he had two carries for 22 yards and a touchdown. Who needs Joe Burrow? Uh, Jake Browning, uh, give me the Bengals' other quarterback with the initials, JB. Uh, this JB, he quarterbacked the Bengals to their first regular season road win on Monday Night Football since week seven of the 1990 season. The Bengals came into the game three and 20 all time in regular season road games on Monday Night Football. Uh, this also was the Jaguars' first regular season game on Monday Night Football since December 5th, 2011. Nearly 12 years to the day of the game on Monday night. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Uh, must be nice for your NFL team to get a big win like the Bengals got on Monday night. Uh, I wonder what that's like for your NFL team to get a big win. Our NFL team, uh, which these days goes by the name Commanders, uh, that team felt a 4-9 and nine in this 2023 NFL regular season with a 45-15 loss to the Miami Dolphins at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon, clinching a seventh consecutive non-winning regular season for Washington. Uh, the longest tenured player on the Commanders is Tress Way. The second longest tenured player on the Commanders is interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen. But is that about to change? This offseason, uh, John on Monday morning expressed an openness to being traded by the commanders. Now, he did not demand a trade. Uh, he did not say that he wanted to be traded, but he did admit to having thought about wanting to be traded. 
And he very much left open the possibility of this offseason asking to be traded. Uh, Next segment, you will hear exactly what John said, and I will react to what John said, and I will tell you how the commander's front office, whoever is constituting that after the team's 2023 season, should react to what John said. Uh, I also have some uh, scheduled fun for you regarding uh, something that was said by the man who is currently running Commander's Football Operations, but won't be running Commander's Football Operations for much longer. Head coach Ron Rivera, uh, he during his day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon, gave us a classic instance of Ronnie's, which is what we on this podcast call the language of Ron Rivera. Stay tuned for the scheduled fun. Uh, I'm then going to discuss a variety of other Commander's items off the loss to the Dolphins and off Ron's press conference on Monday afternoon, including what be happening with receiver Terry McLaurin, uh, him and that loss to the Dolphins having no receptions on three targets, uh, and something that really has become an undeniable trend, opposing teams' players clowning the commanders after games. Uh, this keeps happening. It happened again after this loss to the Dolphins. Uh, the 2023 commanders have become a punchline for the rest of the NFL. Also on the show, and speaking of punchlines, the Capitals, uh, they late night on Monday night did their best commanders impersonation, a 6-0 loss at the Arizona Coyotes. Yet another bad game for goaltender Darcy Kemper. He stopped just two of the five shots on goal that he faced, was pulled in the first period in favor of Charlie Lindgren, who stopped 19 of the 22 shots on goal that he faced. Uh, the Caps lost that first period 5-0. Also, Caps head coach Spencer Carberry, he had center of Genny Kuznetsov as a healthy scratch for this game. A new low point for the Caps with Kuzi. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Dave in Israel on the Commanders, writes Dave. For me, the eye test is clear. The Washington offensive line cannot pass block. Sam Howell gets a normal pocket a handful of times per game, three or four times if lucky, and he has a very high degree of success when given a reasonable pocket that allows him to get through his full progression or find an escape route with which he can use two of his greatest weapons, a superior ability to make accurate off-balance throws on the run and his outstanding ability in the open field to gain large chunks on the ground and quite a few highlight real touchdowns. Regrettably, I feel like we'll end up giving Howell an incomplete grade. Ron Rivera's miserable personnel decisions on the offensive line, taking a top 10 unit and leaving Sam with one of the worst in the league, is Ron's legacy and his biggest fail. He got the quarterback and failed to give him the support that he would need to succeed. Now the new regime will likely be forced to go up for a quarterback having an incomplete grade on the incumbent rather than being able to take advantage of a cheap top half of the league quarterback, which is what I honestly think that Sam could be if he had a normal offensive line. Thank you for the email, Dave. I hope that you're safe in Israel. Uh, I know that a lot of you probably don't want to hear what I'm about to say, uh, including perhaps Dave, but the truth is that The commander's offensive line has not been terrible in terms of pass protection this season. Uh, The line has been middle of the pack 
Uh, NFL analytics expert Ben Baldwin keeps track of what he calls his pass protection ratings composite, which is a ranking of NFL teams in terms of pass protection based on three separate rankings of NFL teams in terms of pass protection, uh, those rankings being from ESPN Pro Football Focus and Sports Info Solutions. The commanders for this regular season through week 12 were number 16 in the NFL in the pass protection ratings composite. Uh, Yeah, 16th out of 32 NFL teams. The offensive line isn't great and definitely needs to be better, but most NFL quarterbacks are not getting three or four seconds of protection on dropbacks. Like the window of a clean pocket is a tight window, two to three seconds. And this is where Sam Howell taking too long to make decisions on dropbacks has come in. Now, he has gotten better in this regard, but as we saw in the loss to the Dolphins, he still has plenty of room for improvement. And again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the commander's offensive line has not been an issue or cannot be improved. What I am saying is that the line has been functional, uh, more functional than it has been given credit for. I actually think that at times penalties have been the bigger problem for the offensive line rather than pass protection. Uh, Email from Doug Wilson on Commander's Linebackers, writes Doug, Hi Al, I never miss a show. Just for laughs, you should do a brief analysis comparing our linebackers to say, the 49ers linebackers. The differences are so clear on so many levels, but I'd be curious about pro football focus or DVOA or whatever. It's so sad. It's almost funny. Uh, Thanks for what you do. Well, thank you for that, Doug. Uh, Well, let's go by pro football focus overall grades, which are on a scale of 0 to 100. Uh, The commander's top three linebackers in terms of defensive snaps this regular season are Jamin Davis, Cody Barton, and David Mayo. The San Francisco 49ers top three linebackers in terms of defensive snaps this regular season are Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, and Oren Burks. Uh, Here is each player's overall grade for PFF for this regular season. Jamin Davis, 67.6. Cody Barton, 51.9. David Mayo, 61.8. Fred Warner, (laughs) 90.9. Dre Greenlaw, 71.4. Oren Burks, 76.2. Yeah, I'd say that there is a bit of a difference. Uh, Email from Philip C., the PhD, regarding one of the mantras of this podcast, we follow Washington, D.C. area sports so that you don't have to. Writes Philip, I am so glad that you have offered to watch D.C. area sports so that we don't have to, because continuing to watch our NFL franchise, the Burgundy and Fold, would likely be bad for my health. Going forward, I would much rather have you tell me about the game after the fact than me watch the game myself. For me, it is supposed to be enjoyable, and it is not likely to be at least for the balance of this season. For you, well, it's your job. Thanks, Al. Uh, You're welcome, Philip. Uh, Glad to help. And a law firm that is always of great help is Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm dedicated to promoting the rights of seriously injured persons and their families. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202 902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. 
Paulson and Ace is widely respected throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia for the firm's accomplishments both in and out of courtrooms. In fact, Paulson and Ace was just named as part of U.S. News and World Report's Best Law Firms 2024 edition. Uh, and Chris Nace and Matt Nace specifically are dedicated and decorated trial attorneys. Uh, Chris Nace in May was named the 2023 Barry J. Nace Trial Lawyer of the Year, this by the D.C. Trial Lawyers Association. Chris in July was elected as the parliamentarian of the American Association for Justice, and both Chris and Matt Nace in August were recognized by Best Lawyers in America for 2024. Why the accolades? Well, Paulson and Nace fights for you. Paulson and Nace does not accept low settlement offers that benefit the people who cause clients harm more than the offers benefit the clients. This is because Paulson and Nace is not afraid to take a case to trial, and that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. Paulson and Nace has secured millions of dollars in verdict and settlement amounts for clients to better enable them to care for themselves and their families. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call 202 202- 902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Hey, please consider following the podcast if you're not already doing that. Following the podcast is free. If you have an iPhone, you can follow the podcast simply by tapping the plus sign in the upper right corner on the page listing the recent episodes of the podcast. Uh, the commanders in this 2023 NFL regular season being just 4-9 and nine with an NFL worst point differential of minus 134 <laughs> is a complete crushing of the team's time with Ron Rivera as head coach in a, wait for it, coach-centric approach. Uh, The team this season has not been ravaged by injury. The team this season has not played some overly difficult schedule. The team this season has gotten its most promising quarterback play in years, and yet the team is just 2-9 and since a 2-0 start and has been outscored by 134 points. It would be hard to draw up a bigger repudiation of Washington's Ron Rivera era than what is happening this season. It would be hard to make Commander's managing partner Josh Harris's decision to fire Ron Rivera any easier. Uh, This is the worst of Washington's four seasons under Ron, and that the worst of his four seasons as Washington head coach is the fourth season tells you all that you need know about how successful Washington's Rivera era has been. What is especially troubling to me about how badly this commander season is going is that it appears that something that many of us thought going into the season, that the team's roster was decent, if not good, may not be true at all. Uh, now, I say may because there still is some sorting out with this that we need to do, but the commanders being 4-9 with an NFL worst point differential of minus 134 is not just a coaching thing. It's also a playing thing, as in too many of these players just are not that good. And of course, uh, who has been the person presiding over the picking of the players in the coach-centric approach? You got it, our guy, Don Ron. Uh, And so when it comes to the commander's next 
football operations regime, which beyond a shadow of a doubt will be established no later than the weeks that immediately follow the end of this commander's season. The regime, to me, should be open to trading every player on the team, including guys like receiver Terry McLaurin and interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. And I mentioned those three guys because they would seem to be the commander's players with the most trade value right now. Uh, Now, trade value in the NFL is tricky to assess, but those guys, given their ages, production, durability, and contract situations, would seem to be the commander's players with the most trade value right now. The commander's next football operations regime should be open to trading any player on the team, including Terry John and Duran. Not that the team's next football operations regime should go out of its way to trade Terry John and Duran, but these guys should in no way be deemed untouchable, uh, especially with all three guys having disappointing seasons to varying degrees. And so that brings us to what John Allen said on Monday morning. We know that John is outspoken. Uh, He now multiple times this season during postgame sessions with reporters has sounded off on the commander's struggles, including after the 45-15 loss to the Miami Dolphins at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. This was John on Sunday afternoon in a back and forth with Scott Abraham, sports anchor for 7 News DC. What happened today? It's not a very good defense. Can't stop the run, can't stop the pass. How does that get fixed? That's a great question. You're a team leader. What, what kind of message do you say to the guys as they go on the bye week? What are you playing for? You're playing for your pride? It's up to every guy. I know what I'm playing for, and that's all I'm going to do. Continue to do. Do you think this adversity right now is kind of a, a good gauge of the character of this locker room, kind of how you close out the season? Yeah, I've been dealing with this for seven years. I'm tired of trying to build character. My character's built well enough. I'm trying to win, and I play to win. So we're not winning right now, so. All right, so that was John Allen on Sunday afternoon. This was John Allen on Monday morning in his weekly appearance with the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan. So you, after the game, you were quoted as saying, like, you're tired of talking about, um, you know. Rebuilding. Yeah, rebuilding and character and all that. My character's good. You know, I just want to friggin' win. And I I can emphasize with with that uh, as a fan. Do you ever... And I know you've said you want you're, you're going to play here and you're going to end your career here and all that stuff. But do you ever get to a point where you're frustrated, where you just say to your wife, "You know what? Maybe I would be better off if they just moved me." One thousand percent. I mean, I'll be lying if I said I didn't. You know, I play this game to win, and I would love to win here for sure. But I want to win first and foremost. So that's always going to be at the front and center of my mind, and everything I'm going to be doing in my career is going to make sure I have an opportunity to win. Would that include having your agent maybe talk to the team in the offseason? I mean, if that's what it takes. I'm, I mean, it, I'm not going to sit here and talk about possibilities and mm-hmm. the future. You know, I'm going to focus on these next four games, do what I can to help this team win, and then we'll evaluate things after the season. But it has gotten to a point where you are frustrated and, you know, just doing, the, just coming in here and winning seven games every year, that's not, that's not how you want to end your career. Not at all. Not at all. I want to... I want to win, and I genuinely believe that we can do it here. But again, I got to sit down after the season and, you know, make the decision that's best for me and my family. And that's by no means saying I'm leaving, but, you know. Right. You got to be open to it. All right. So, Jonathan Allen, team captain 
Jonathan Allen. This is his fifth season as a Washington team captain. That John Allen expressing an openness to being traded. Uh, I'm not sure how Ron Rivera feels about that. Honestly, I don't really care about how Ron feels about that. I care a lot more about how those who are sticking around, like managing partner Josh Harris and senior vice president of football strategy, Eugene Shen, feel about that. Uh, Because how those guys should feel about John Allen expressing an openness to being traded is, (laughs) uh, hey, pal, we're one step ahead of you. Washington in July 2021 signed John Allen to a four-year contract extension. Uh, He, after this season, will have two seasons left on the extension, but also no guaranteed money left on the extension. Uh, This season is John's age 28 season. He is having a decent season, but he's not having the kind of very good season that he had at each of the last two seasons. He is exactly the kind of player who an analytically inclined, forward-thinking NFL front office just taking over a bad team should be open to trading. John Allen is open to being traded by the Commanders. Uh, The Commanders should be open to trading John Allen, just like they should be open to trading Deron Payne and Terry McLaurin. And I would be really surprised if, especially Eugene Shen, who is running Commander's Analytics, is not open to trading John, Duran, and Terry. I believe that Eugene Shen was a driving force in the Commander's trading edge defenders Montez Sweat and Chase Young. We on Monday afternoon had Ron Rivera's day after the game press conference. He was not asked directly about John Allen expressing an openness to being traded, but we did have this exchange between Commander's Insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post and Ron. How do, how do you help guys through this period? I mean, you know they're frustrated, oh, yeah. obviously, so yeah. how do you kind of well, manage that? Well, first and foremost, make sure you all understand that they're not the only ones frustrated. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are working hard trying to get better. Um, it, it is difficult. It is hard. I mean, it, and, but you also have to look at the circumstances that we are in. You know, and I'm talking, I'm talking about you guys. I'm talking about us as, as a group, as a unit. You know, this, it's not been easy. It's been hard. And it's going to be hard. That's just the way it is. And eventually, you know, if, if, if things continue to work and people get better, then you see the improvement. And we're coming up to a four-game four stretch, you know, four weeks left after this bye. And that's where you need to see it. You really do. And, and it's about going out there and executing, um, about us making sure we've given them every opportunity to be successful. And that's what it's truly about. I mean, you, you can only say so much about development and growth. You can only say so much about the process. There's a certain point in time when you get to, to, to each year and say, now's the time. Let's go. I mean, the process is now and the time is now. So let's see what we can do. Yes, let's see. But how about Ron Rivera pushing back? on his own narrative of growth and development. Did you catch that? Ron, quote, you can only say so much about development and growth, end quote. Ron said that. Here you go. You, you, you can only say so much about development and growth. <laughs> yeah, Ron Rivera, the same guy who in recent weeks has pounded the drum of growth and development. He on Monday afternoon said, quote, you can only say so much about development and growth. And quote, uh, I have to say, this is like the ultimate twist, the ultimate swerve in what we on this podcast call 
Ronnie's, the language of Ron Rivera. And the twist, the swerve, is Ron now openly speaking out against his own narrative. Now, if you know Ronnie's, you know that a principal aspect of Ronnie's is Ron contradicting himself. Ron in the moment saying whatever happens to sound good, even if that thing that he's saying contradicts something else that he previously said. But boy, uh, Ron Rivera speaking out against growth and development. It was on November 20th that Ron, during his day after the game press conference off the 31-19 loss to the New York Giants at FedEx Field, hammered us with growth and development. Every other phrase was growth and development. Growth and development? <laughs> yes, growth and development. Well, just two weeks later, December 4th, Ron pushed back <laughs> on this narrative of growth and development. You, you, you can only say so much about development and growth. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Amazing. Uh, a new high for Ron Ease, a new monumental achievement for the language of Ron Rivera. But back to John Allen. So now that a major leader, maybe the number one leader on the team, has come out and expressed an openness to being traded, uh, is this a sign that Commander's players are about to quit on the season or about to tap out on this season? Here was another exchange between Nikki Javala and Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon. I, I know emotions can be high after a loss, but did you get the sense from them that they they had the right mindset to, to really push forward and finish out the season strong? I'd like to believe so, you know, and, and that's basically what the talk was about was, you know, and I told you guys that yesterday in the press conference that that's what I told the guys. You know, we've got four left. I expect everybody to be a professional, show up and do their job. Do their job. Remember the mantra of do your job that, that Ron Rivera unveiled in October? Uh, yeah, that uh, mantra has not worked out so well, now has it? Well, if you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., something that will work out well is putting BMC Insurance to work for you regarding insurance for your employees. BMC Insurance can assist you with designing and implementing group benefit plans for employees. These plans include group health, dental, vision, life, and disability insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. You'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a big Commanders fan, a loyal listener of this podcast. Make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance uses cost-effective technology platforms to help employers manage employee onboarding and open enrollment periods. BMC Insurance conducts open enrollment meetings with its clients' employees via Zoom, a pre-recorded webinar, or an in-person meeting. And BMC Insurance is run by people, like Matt Brooks, who develop relationships with the employees of its clients so that the employees go to BMC Insurance with insurance carrier claim or billing issues, not you, the employer. You see... BMC Insurance takes the insurance burden off the employee and off the employer so that the employee and the employer can focus on what they do for a living and not insurance. BMC Insurance advises on strategies regarding implementing new group benefit plans and implementing employer contributions to these group benefit plans. Also, BMC Insurance can assist those who do not get health and dental insurance from their employers in obtaining health and dental insurance from the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link. And BMC Insurance understands how federal tax credits available through the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link work and benefit those who are eligible. The federal open enrollment period for those purchasing health insurance for themselves runs now 
through January 15th. If you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., there is a better way to do insurance. Let BMC Insurance take how you do insurance for your employees to an elite level for both them and you. Put BMC Insurance to work for you. Go to insurancebmc.com, talk to Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. That's insurancebmc.com, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. More now on the Commanders. Uh, a few odds and ends uh, from the 45-15 loss to the Miami Dolphins at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. And from head coach Rod Rivera's day after the game press conference on Monday afternoon. The Terry McLaurin situation. Terry in the loss to the Dolphins. No receptions on three targets and playing on 82% of the Commanders' offensive snaps. Terry, since the Redskins took him in the third round of the 2019 NFL Draft out of Ohio State, has been a very good receiver, as we know. He is the franchise's best receiver taken in an NFL Draft since the Skins took Art Monk with the number 18 overall pick in the 1980 Draft out of Syracuse. That may sound like a grandiose statement, but that is an accurate statement. Remember, receivers Gary Clark and Ricky Sanders came from the USFL. Receiver Santana Moss was acquired by a trade. Uh, receivers Henry Ellard, Pierre Garçon, and Deshaun Jackson were acquired by a free agency. Terry McLaurin is the franchise's best receiver taken in an NFL draft since the Skins took Art Monk with the number 18 overall pick in the 1980 draft. And Terry, like Ard, has the reputation of being a great teammate, a total team player, the anti-diva receiver. Uh, this was Terry during his post-game session with reporters on Sunday afternoon on whether he was mad about having no receptions on three targets. Nah, I ran a lot of cardio, so um, it happens. It's, it's, it you know it comes with it when it's when it's tough. But yeah, it's frustrating. But I'm a I'm gonna keep coming in and, and practicing and playing hard. You know, what I mean, as long as I turn on the film and I'm, I'm making extra blocks down the field, I'm, uh, when I'm trying to clear it out for guys, uh, I'm gonna continue to run my routes hard. So that's what I'm gonna do. At the end of the day, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quit. But yeah, it's frustrating. All right. So Terry McLaurin admitting frustration with having no receptions on three targets, but also not at all being a diva and in fact making a joke talking about getting in a good bit of cardio. But as good of a dude as Terry is, him having no receptions on three targets in any game is a big deal and is unacceptable. I mean, in a game in which the Dolphins' number one receiver, Tyreek Hill, had five receptions for 157 yards and two touchdowns on seven targets, the Commanders' number one receiver, Terry McLaurin, had no receptions on three targets. And yes, Tyreek is maybe the best receiver in the NFL, but Terry is at worst, what, a top 15, top 20 receiver in the NFL? No receptions on three targets is ridiculous. This was a really bad look for all involved, uh, Terry, the quarterback, Sam Howell, and the assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Uh Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon. 
Yeah, I've talked with Terry before, and 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 you know we've talked about those things, and I know he's talked to Eric, and and he's gone in, and he and EB have have, have and, you know good conversations from what I understand, and you know that's then to me that's the way you handle it is you you go in and, and you talk directly, and and I think that's you know that's big of what he's been doing, you know, it's been big of him to come in and you know and and fight the the the, the frustration and talk about it if if that's what needs to be. The Commanders are lucky that Terry McLaurin is such a non-diva receiver. Could you imagine one of these big-time diva receivers off a game in which he had no receptions on three targets? Imagine Buffalo Bills receiver Stephon Diggs after a game in which he had no receptions on three targets. Uh, Diggs is a Maryland product, but there's no doubt that he has a lot of diva in him. What would Diggs be like after a game in which he had no receptions on three targets? Although... And, you know, this is part of the conversation. A guy as good as Stefan Diggs doesn't have a game in which he has no receptions on three targets. And that is part of the point. Uh, Terry having no receptions on three targets was at least partly on Terry. He has not had a great season when it comes to generating separation from defenders. The NFL's next-gen stance has a stat called average separation. Uh, It is the distance measured in yards between a receiver or tight end and the nearest defender at the time of a target. Uh, Terry, for much of this regular season, has not rated well in average separation. Here was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on how he handles player frustration. Well, I try to understand them, see where they are, and 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 you know when when I talk to them, if I talk to them privately, you know I just tell them first off the bat, you're not the only one that's frustrated. Let's be honest about this. You know, there's a lot of people out there working their asses off. There really are, and and I think that's the thing everybody's going to understand. And you know, it, it's sometimes it, things click and happen and go in the right direction. Sometimes if you're in this long enough, and I've said this before, if you're in this long enough, that's what happens. You know, but again, it, it's one of those things that, you know, as as you continue to work, eventually it's gonna it's gonna turn. I really do believe that. Like I said, we got four weeks to find out. Yes, you do. Uh, while we are talking commanders receivers, do you know that the commanders for this 2023 regular season are the only team in the NFL to not have a single reception of at least 40 yards by a receiver? For all of the talk about how good this commander's receiving core is, the team for this regular season being the only team in the NFL to not have a single reception of at least 40 yards by a receiver really is something. This was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on why this is the case. And then you hear a follow-up exchange with commander's insider Ben Standig of The Athletic. Well, I think as you look at some of the things, it, it's got collectively, you know, we've got, again, like I said, we're going to make sure we're, we're, we're putting them in position and then we've got to be able to execute. And, and there's some things that we can do better. You know, um, protection hasn't always been, you know, what we needed. And then part of it also is, is Sam growing, developing uh, and in his decision making and then, you know, just having a chance to make the play. To follow up on that, uh, obviously for for EB to come in first year, the adjustment, Sam Howell, all that stuff. But has it? Do you feel like they the the plan has adjusted to the strengths of the offense that is here, as opposed to maybe doing what was going on at Kansas City? I think what we're trying to do is try and figure that part portion of it out. Just making sure we, you know, we can do certain things and certain elements. I mean, we've run the ball a little more effectively lately, and and there's been a little bit more of an emphasis on that as well. 
And uh, again, as we just you know work through it, I, I think again you see some of those some of those things. But again, it's it does come down to us executing, and you know making sure we're we're, we're getting the right calls out. Well, that question by our friend Ben Standig was about something that I know that Ben believes that Eric Bieniemy this season has too often called it offense for the players who he wants the Commanders to have, as opposed to calling it offense for the players who the Commanders actually have. Uh, it's an interesting point. I think that Eric calling as much straight dropback as he was calling earlier in the season was an example of what Ben is getting at. Uh, but we lately have seen a lot less straight dropback with the offense, although we lately have not seen great offensive results. So the Commanders over their last five games have scored more than 20 points just once. That's it. Uh, so much of this Commander season has been about digesting and assessing the play of Sam Howell and the play of the offensive line and the play calling of Eric Bieniemy. Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon on if it's difficult to untangle all three of those things in evaluating the team's offense. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commander's insider Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. Well, I think as you look at it and you get a chance to go back and, and look at tape, um, and, you know, pair the, the calls with what's going on, you know, you, you can get a, a good evaluation out of it. And can you make changes, or what are you seeing on tape that would help this offense execute better? Well, there are some things that most certainly can be changed, and then there's some things that just continue to work at it and get better at it. So something that has become comical to me is how after every commander's loss now, the opposing team in some form or fashion clowns. The Commanders. Uh, The 31-19 loss to the New York Giants at FedEx Field on November 19th. Giants receiver Isaiah Hodgins, during his postgame session with reporters, said the following regarding whether the Commanders adjusted to the Giants' quick game. Quote, not really. Their main plan seemed to be that they wanted to play man and then let their D-line do what they do. They had some success with the sacks and stuff, but playing man in the NFL for an entire game isn't easy, and we got guys who can make plays. So we started doing that, and I didn't really notice a counter. They stuck with their plan, end quote. The 45-10 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. We, in that game, of course, had the eating of the turkey legs. Uh, Multiple Cowboys players eating turkey legs in the fourth quarter, as in before the game was over. Cowboys players pulled turkey legs out of the Salvation Army kettle after quarterback Dak Prescott's third and six, 34-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver Cavante Turpin with 5.59 left in the fourth quarter. And what made the turkey legs thing even worse is that it turned out that the Cowboys had planned to eat the turkey legs in anticipation of blowing out the commanders. This was according to Dak during his postgame press conference, during which he at one point said that the thought had been to eat the turkey legs after his third and one 15-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver C.D. Lamb with 10.32 left in the fourth quarter. But Dak said that the thinking was, quote, no, we'll get another one, end quote, as in another touchdown against the commanders' woeful defense. And sure enough, Dak was right. Well, now we have multiple instances of Dolphins players clowning the commanders via postgame comments. Uh, Dolphins linebacker David Long Jr., he, during his postgame session with reporters on Sunday afternoon, had some damning comments regarding the commander's offense. Quote, all you really have to do to defend this team is just be disciplined. They kind of struggle with 
the routine parts. When we watched them play, their best stuff was when Howell was scrambling or they moved the pocket and just let him try to make plays. There's going to be rollouts and breaking the pocket plaster, but if you just stay on your man or find somebody when you don't have nobody, it's really easy to defeat stuff like that. End quote. So how about that? David Long Jr. on the commander's offense, quote, all you really have to do to defend this team is just be disciplined. They kind of struggle with the routine parts, end quote. (laughs) What does that say about commander's offensive players? What does that say about Eric Bieniemy? And then there was what Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa said. The Dolphins' first offensive drive, the third snap of that drive, third and two for the Dolphins at their 22, uh, our friend defensive back Quan Martin torched by Tyreek Hill on a 78-yard shotgun touchdown bomb by Tua to Tyreek on the left side of the field and also on the play was on the right side of the field, running back Devon Achan burning linebacker Jamin Davis. This was Tua during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon on this touchdown pass. Well, I think it's it's it it is tough um, for for their safety in that instance when you have guys like Tyreek, guys like Jalen, who are on one on who who have one on ones, and then you put a backer out there with Devon. I mean, I, I don't know what you what you'd expect them to do if if you if you expect them to cover Tyreek's side, then we're going to throw to Devon. I mean, we we liked our matchups, um, but. It you know it, it definitely is is uh, tough when you go man across the board and it's and it's press against really fast guys like that. All right, so Tua Tungavailoa on his 78 yard touchdown bomb to a wide open Tyreek Hill quote. I think it's tough for their safety in that instance when you have guys like Tyreek, guys like Jalen who have one on ones, and then you put a backer out there with Devon. I mean, I don't know what you would expect them to do if you expect them to cover Tyreek's side that we're going to throw to Devon. I mean, we liked our matchups, but it definitely is tough when you go man across the board and it's press against really fast guys like that. End quote. (laughs) The commanders right now are routinely getting clowned by opposing teams' players after games. Uh, Now, as for the commanders playing man coverage on that 78-yard touchdown reception, by Tyreek Hill. Them doing so has gotten a good bit of attention, but it actually turns out that that was one of the rare times in the game that the commander's defense played man coverage. Perhaps the result of that play was why, but in terms of how much things were different with the commander's defense in this game with Ron Rivera as defensive coordinator versus under-fired defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio, uh, the commander's pass coverage in this game per true media included playing man coverage just 5.1% of the time versus the team over its first 12 games of this regular season having played man coverage 29.6% of the time. So a big change right there. Also, the commanders in this game played zone coverage 89.8% of the time versus over the first 12 games of this regular season having played zone coverage 65.4% 
of the time. So the strategy was different, but uh, the results still really bad. <laughs> uh, this was Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on the process by which he called defensive plays on Sunday afternoon, including input from interim defensive backs coach Kristen Garcia and linebackers coach Steve Russ. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Sam Fortier. Oh, I think it was a combination of everybody for the most part. I mean, what we did was, you know, when we game planned and we put the, we put the, uh, the call sheet together, we all, we all talked about, you know, and I asked the question, hey, what do you feel is best in this situation in these windows? Um, you know, we get into a, um, you know, let's say we were into a, it was a second and long, and I would say, hey, you know, Christians, think about a good third and long call, you know, or if it was second and short coming up. And I said, Steve, hey, second and short, give me a good call. What do you think? Um, but for the most part, you know, because we had talked about it, we had practiced it, it, it was easy. It was, I mean, it just kind of got into a couple of flows, a couple of rhythms um, that were pretty good. And, uh, you know, I was just able to pull them out and, you know, make the calls. What did you see What did you see from him to say, you know, I want this guy in this role as I take over his play calling? Um, just for Part of it is I, th- I think uh, I think Christian's a good young coach. I, I really do. I think he's got an opportunity to grow, and you know, in, in time, I think he will be a he'll, he'll be a coordinator in this league. I believe that. Um, you know, with, with Steve Russ, Steve, I've I've worked with Steve for 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 a little bit of a while now, and very bright, very intelligent guy. And and again, he's got a real good grasp and feel for for, for defenses as well. You know, as do I think all the coaches. You know, I, I really do. I think it's a good defensive staff uh, of guys, and and it's really about you know us making sure that. We can get these guys to play fast and, you know, see how things go. Well, in Ron Rivera's debut as commander's defensive coordinator, did not have any major change in terms of defensive players' playtime percentages. Uh, defensive lineman Deron Payne played on 80% of the commander's defensive snaps. Uh, Jonathan Allen, 66%. That was low, but that was perhaps due to him getting some rest with the game being a blowout. Uh, Casey Tuhill, 66%. Andre Jones Jr., 54%. K.J. Henry, 49%. Fedarian Mathis, 34%. John Ridgway, 28%. Jalen Harris, 28%. If you're wondering, who the heck is Jalen Harris? Uh, the Commanders on November 20th announced having signed Jalen Harris from the Chicago Bears practice squad. Uh, linebackers, Cody Barton in this loss to the Dolphins played on 100% of the Commanders' defensive snaps. Jamin Davis, 90%. Kalik Hudson, 46%. David Mayo did not play on any of the commander's defensive snaps and defensive backs, corners, Benjamin St. Juice and Kendall Fuller and safety Cameron Curl each played on 100% of the commander's defensive snaps. Safety Percy Butler, 97%. Defensive back Quan Martin, 49%. Corner Danny Johnson, 10%. And safety Terrell Burgess, he played on two of the commander's defensive snaps. Uh, We on offense did see some players who were not used to seeing uh, the commander's QB2, Jacoby Brissett. He did play in a game for the first time in this regular season, although his uh, time in the game was him executing three under center handoffs to running back Chris Rodriguez Jr. over the final three snaps of the game. Uh, But also on that drive were three of the commander's starting offensive linemen not playing. The commander's starting Offensive line, again, was Charles Leno Jr. at left tackle, Chris Paul at left guard, Tyler Larson at center, Samuel Cosme at right guard, Andrew Wiley at right tackle. Wiley and Cosme each played on 100% of the commander's offensive snaps in the game, but the commanders on that final offensive drive played multiple reserves. So Leno, Larson, and Paul all sat out that drive, and Cornelius Lucas, Nick Gates, and Trent Scott 
all played on that drive. Yes, we had a Nick Gates sighting. Remember him? Uh, these were his first offensive snaps in six games. His first offensive snaps since being benched as the team starting center in favor of Larson. Well, who to start, who to bench? Uh, these, of course, are questions that come up in fantasy football. Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and it has a great offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. A deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code GALDI. Underdog Fantasy offers fantasy football, fantasy basketball, fantasy hockey. Underdog Fantasy offers daily contests and season-long fantasy. In fact, Underdog Fantasy offers season-long fantasy with a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be really time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption but keeps the fun and the potential to win money and take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, we all love the NFL and we all love pizza. So make Little Caesars part of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, which is one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday. You can pick your favorite Little Caesars pizza. You can pick the toppings that you crave, kind of like picking players for your fantasy team, only with Little Caesars pizza. 
you never lose. And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. Well, the Capitals late night on Monday night concluded a five-game trip out west, and they did so with a blowout loss. Uh, the Caps fell to 12-8-2 in this NHL regular season with a 6-0 loss at the Arizona Coyotes late night on Monday night. Uh, the Caps on the trip went 2-3-0. and Each of the three losses was a bad loss. Uh, November 27th, 2-1 loss at the NHL worst San Jose Sharks. Late night this past Saturday night, a 4-1 loss at the Vegas Golden Knights. And now late night on Monday night, this 6-0 loss at the Coyotes, who made NHL history. Uh, They became the first team in NHL history to win at least five consecutive regular season games, with each win coming against a team that had won the Stanley Cup within the same number of years as the length of the winning streak. The Coyotes now have won five consecutive games with the wins coming against the last five teams to win Stanley Cup titles. Uh, What a unique winning streak. Uh, And what a strange game this was for the Caps. Uh, The Caps lost the game 6-0 despite per natural stat trick having 50 5-on-5 shot attempts to the Coyotes' 32, including 12 high-danger 5-on-5 shot attempts to the Coyotes' 5. So the Caps dominated 5-on-5 puck possession and yet lost the game 6-0. Why? Goaltending. The Caps' starting goaltender, Darcy Kemper, was terrible. Uh, He was the Caps' starting goaltender for just the fifth time in nine games since coming back from injury, but he stopped just two of the five shots on goal that he faced. He was pulled in the first period in favor of Charlie Lindgren, who stopped 19 of the 22 shots on goal that he faced. Uh, Darcy Kemper is not having a good season, and his season got even worse with what happened late night on Monday night. I mean, how about this? The Caps lost that first period 5-0, but this happened despite the Caps having nine shots on goal To the Coyotes, 10. It's not like the Coyotes in that first period bludgeoned the Caps with a ton of shots. And yet the Caps lost that first period 5-0. Darcy Kemper was not good. Uh, His save percentage for this regular season now is a mere 887. Uh, Also not good for the Caps in this game, their special teams. The Caps went 0-4 on the power play, including giving up a second-period shorthanded goal, and the Caps went just a 2-4 on the penalty kill. Here was Caps head coach Spencer Carberry during his post-game session with reporters late night on Monday night. Believe it or not, I didn't mind our start, and... um... I mean, they just score on on uh, everything. So I knew I knew right away. Um, Kemp's looked a little bit off. So then you're on on guard there and hoping that it can stop the bleeding. But once that third goes in and their power play was um, um, really good, slinging around their puck movement on the tape, everything clean. Um, then it got out of hand. 
And then there is what is going on with cap center Evgeny Kuznetsov, who for this game was a healthy scratch. Yeah, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Kuzi, the man who the camps in July 2017 re-signed to an eight-year, $62.4 million contract. The man who, in the 2018 Stanley Cup playoffs, was so good for the Caps in their run to the Stanley Cup title. Uh, that guy, he, for this 6 nothing loss at the Coyotes late night on Monday night, a healthy scratch. Uh, Spencer Carberry, in the Caps' loss at the Golden Knights late night on Saturday night, demoted and benched Kuznetsov. Uh, Kuzi, for that game, was demoted from the first line to the second line, and Carberry did not play Kuznetsov at all over the final five minutes, 54 seconds of the game. And Kuznetsov in that game had no shots on goal and committed a second period roughing minor. So I guess what happened on Monday wasn't shocking, but in the grand scheme of things, this was something. If Genny Kuznetsov, a healthy scratch, Spencer Carberry during a session with reporters after the camp's morning skate on Monday on why he had Evgeny Kuznetsov as a healthy scratch. Just a just a reset, a mental reset for him. He'll um, he's just been been struggling of late to find his game. Um, we've talked to him. We've um, looked at some different stuff, and think it's a good opportunity for him to just take a step back, uh, reset mentally, and and um, focus on getting his game back to where um, where it's capable of being. So, a mental reset for Evgeny Kuznetsov, who was not having a good season, and the Caps on Monday night did not have a good night. Uh, next up for the Caps, home to the Dallas Stars, Thursday night at 8. Well, a great gift for the Caps fan in your life this holiday season would be Caps tickets and know that the best deals for tickets to games of the teams of the Mid-Atlantic region are from the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the Game Time app. Uh, what makes Game Time great is its best price guarantee. You don't have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. Game Time's best price guarantee means that you'll always get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about Game Time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team venue or artist. Uh, also, Game Time is the app for last minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game Time also offers flash deals on tickets, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Game Time is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. Find out why. Get the tickets without the stress with Game Time, which is offering a great deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app and use that promo code ALGALDI. Game Time, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.
And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 714. We'll include a lot for you on the Commanders. Also, I'll talk Virginia basketball. The Cavaliers are home to North Carolina Central Tuesday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. You, you can always say so much about development and growth. 